Hey everybody, happy Wednesday and I'm a happy Wednesday. I wanted to um, talk to you guys about uh, what we've been talking about the last few weeks, depression, anxiety, and hope. Um, sorry, I think I've got my like flash on really too bright here. Hang on, let me fix that. Okay, it's a little better. All right, so I'm just gonna quickly cover what we've already covered in depression, anxiety, and hope. The first thing is, y'all forgive me, I'm looking at my monitor here to uh, so that I don't misquote something or miss something. Depression is a very real thing. The Bible calls it out by name and says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. We've established that it's real, that it's not some made up thing, it's not um, something that just weaklings get. Um, so we have to understand that that's real, number one. Number two, we have to understand that depression is caused by anxiety, and anxiety is just fear. And so fear is a spirit, and it's brought on by unbelief. So the succession of how a person becomes depressed is that there is um, a situation that comes up, unbelief happens because the enemy puts a little suggestion in the person's mind, then the person gets into unbelief, then they get anxious and worried, and that's the spirit of fear coming upon them, and they don't give that over to God, which is what they're supposed to do, and we're gonna get into that in a second, and then they, the hope that they, that they want, the answer to the prayer that they want, doesn't come because they're in depression, because they didn't give God um, the situation, and then their hope is deferred, and then their heart is sick. So I'm going to speak a little bit about heart sickness right now, and then I'm going to talk about how to get out of depression and heart sickness. Um, I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about um, about heart sickness. In the old uh, King James, basically it says that um, that heart sickness comes. It says this in Proverbs 15, 4, it says, A wholesome tongue, a tree of life, but perverseness therein, or in the tongue, um, a breach in the spirit. In other words, when a person becomes anxious about a thing, and they have given into this fear, their mouth will speak. And when their mouth speaks, and it's perverting what God says about the situation, and it causes a breach in the spirit. Now the breach in the spirit doesn't mean that they're not saved. It just means that they're not connecting with what God has for them. You know, if you get a breach, um, if, if a shark, it was just shark week the other, the other week, if, if a shark breaches, it means they come out of their natural habitat and they, they come out of the ocean and they get something that's in the air, a fish, a bird, whatever is flying up, bait, whatever is flying up. So they come all the way out and they, and they get it. So that's what a breach is. So it doesn't stop them from being a shark. It doesn't stop their natural habitat from being in the ocean. It just, for a moment, takes them out of their natural element. And that's what happens when we get anxious about a thing. We begin to speak about it and it causes a breach in the spirit, which is where the devil gets in and causes heart sickness, okay? So this is what, what happens is, is that you start speaking against things because you're worried about them and then you get depressed because you're not getting the answer that you want, the most the most important thing. And then you start to get sick in your in your heart. And so here are some of the symptoms of a heart sick person. Um, heart sickness, I'm sorry I'm looking at this, heart sickness is, um, okay, one second, um, okay, these are the symptoms of heart sickness, being worn out, 
being rubbed the wrong way all of the time, consistent physical pain with no obvious cause, a frail mind or body, soreness like physical soreness, sorriness or a constant sense of shame, wounds of the heart otherwise known as offenses, um, and an odd one is painful childbearing or menses. When you have any of those symptoms, you can diagnose yourself as being heart sick. And heart sick is a direct result of depression, which is a direct result of anxiety, which is a direct result of fear, which is a direct result of unbelief, okay? So I hope you're following me with all of that, is that all of these are an attack of the wicked one to steal life from you. So what do you do with it? What do you do with the depression, the anxiety, the fear, the heart sickness, all of it? What do you do with it? Here's what you do. First and foremost, like I'm going to go through this while I'm reading, so please forgive me for looking back and forth. First and foremost, um, we're supposed to be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to the Lord and His peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind at peace through Christ Jesus. So when you are anxious for something, you are not giving that something to God. You are admonished as a believer to be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful that if you get into a situation and you don't believe God about the answer, like you don't believe Him, and you get worried about it and you get to fretting about it, wouldn't it be better if you could just give God a few moments and say, Lord, I'm very concerned about this. I would like thus and so to happen. I don't see how that can happen. Can you please help me with this? Wouldn't that be nice to be able to give that to God and then the rush of peace come over your mind so that you don't even find yourself thinking about it anymore? This is the ultimate version of that really um, pointless cliche, let go and let God, because because people who say that don't really know how to let go and let God. This is how we let go and let God, actually. We have a part to play. We just don't say, oh, here you go, God. Have my situation. Have my issues. Because what happens when we give God our issues in that way, when we just say, okay, I'm giving this to God. Everybody I've ever talked to, including myself, when we say that, we always take it back, don't we? We say, well, I'm not going to worry about this, or I'm not going to worry about that. And we always wind up taking it back by worrying about it, by speaking about it, by fretting about it, by preparing for the worst about it. That is a sick heart, okay? And so that's what we do. But let's not do that. What we should be doing is we should be saying to God, Lord, I'm really, really concerned about this situation, and this is how I want it to happen. This is what I really want to happen. And when you do that, you're casting your anxieties off on God, and He promises that He'll give you peace. He'll give you peace to protect your mind, to protect your mind from worrying, okay? So I'm going to give you an example in my own life that happened just, just recently. I had a situation where... Um, I was threatened financially. Now, let me just start this sentence by saying that I am a blessed Christian. Everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ is a blessed person, and God wants everybody in the world to be blessed financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically, all of this. Okay, but when something threatens anything, your health, your peace of mind, your finances, that is the devil trying to steal from you. So, 
I have been blessed and the devil was coming against a part of my finances. And so I said to God, Lord, I don't want to worry about this. I don't want to con be concerned about this, but I need this particular amount of money for this situation. Um, it was for the ministry. And I don't want to worry about it. So Lord, I want this amount of money and I want to be able to give and I want to be able to be a blessing. So Father, I need your peace because this is what I want to happen. But my natural mind knows that there's no way that this is going to happen. So I'm giving it to you. So what happened was I had no idea of what was going on in the background. All I know is that two days later when I checked my bank account, the exact amount of money that I, that I prayed for was there and I was able to give not only to the ministry that feeds me, but to um, our ministry and to do some things that I wanted to do to be a blessing to people in our lives that God has put on my heart. You see, that's how you handle it. It's better to handle it, just go right to God. I mean, you're going to talk about it anyway, aren't you? You're going to go to your friends. You're going to go to work in the morning and you're going to see your coworkers and you're going to say, oh, I'm so worried about thus and so and this and that, right? That's what you're going to do anyway. So why would you put your friend above God? Why wouldn't you just put God in his proper place? And when you get up in the morning and say, Lord, I, I don't want to worry about this. I'm this is This sucks. This situation isn't right. Father, please handle it. So that you don't have to worry about it the rest of the day. So that you can actually let go and let God. So that there can be some real results. Because honestly, like Jesus said, sorry it's hot in here. Honestly, like Jesus said, you don't add one bit of height to your stature when you worry about something. You don't make yourself any bigger. You don't make yourself any stronger when you worry about something. You get no results from worrying except that you get a sick heart, which is manifest in all of those um, symptoms that I just spoke to you about. If you didn't catch those, just I'll have them on our YouTube channel or you can go back and watch this video there or on Facebook as long as it stays on my story. Okay, so we're talking about depression, anxiety, and hope. Now we've gone through depression, we've gone through anxiety, and what we're supposed to be doing with our depression is what we're into now. Because all of this will make a heart sick. Now, one of the things that happens, I didn't discuss this in depth, and I won't too bad, but one of the things that happens when a heart is sick is that not only do we have all these physical symptoms, but we stop being aware of the voice of God in our hearts and we start looking to the circumstances for our direction. In other words, this what happens is we start saying, Lord, is it your will that I do thus and so because um, I saw a black cat cross my path today and that's a sign? Um, or is it your will that I have this new job because the person wants to interview me? See, we start looking externally for answers and direction and God put the, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you so that you don't have to do that. And the reason he doesn't want you to do that is because the devil can imitate um, positive circumstances. Oh yes, I, I know that some people don't know this, but the devil is very, very, very good at bringing about circumstances that you've prayed about that look like they're manifesting the answer that you've prayed about and then all of a sudden when right when you get to the very top of the answer boom they fall apart because they were from the devil and the purpose of that in particular is to make you not trust God so God put the Holy Spirit on the inside of every believer so that we can consult God on the inside of us and the devil can't touch that. He can't touch our peace that's on the inside of us. He can't touch our direction. But when you have a sick heart, you start 
not being aware that you can hear the voice of God for yourself. And so you start inquiring of God using the circumstances. Lord, um, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to open the Bible and point to a scripture that's going to give me direction. Don't you know that the devil knows scripture? So he's going to get you caught up in a trap instead of having the peace on the inside of you direct you, which is what God wants. Okay, so that, that I didn't cover earlier, but that is a huge, huge, huge symptom of heart sickness. And that will get you into bondage and keep you there. So it's very important that you deal with depression before it becomes depression because it'll come, it'll become heart sickness. And it's very important that you deal with fear because... If you don't deal with fear, it becomes anxiety, which becomes depression, which becomes heart sickness, and then you don't know how to hear God, and then you're confused, and every evil work comes into your mind. Okay. All right. So the second thing, the first thing was we're to be anxious for nothing. We're supposed to go to God with our requests. The second thing is we're supposed to cast down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and, and we're supposed to bring into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. Okay, so what does this mean? This is one of those verses that everybody in the charismatic circles loves to quote, but nobody knows really how to do it. Okay, so I want you to think with me for a moment. Close your eyes and think about this. Think about you have just clocked your house up for the night and you're gonna go to bed. So you go to bed and you're there and you're peaceful and you're falling asleep, but all of a sudden you hear a noise. And you hear a noise so much that it wakes you up and you wake up startled. You get out of bed immediately and you, if you're intelligent, you turn on a light, right? Say you come into the living room where you heard the noise, you turn on a light and there is a man or a person standing there who is not part of your family, not part of your friends that you don't recognize, right? Well, you have this gumption. They're in your house and you're mad about it. You grab them by the neck and you get in their face and you say, what are you doing here? And you hold them as tight as you can, right? And you call the cops. Is that what you do? That's exactly what you do. And you say, now police officers, you take this person captive because I am a law-abiding citizen. I didn't do anything wrong. And this person broke into my house and that is against the law. So I want you to take them away, okay? So now that you've got that picture in your mind of that night and of that intruder, that is exactly exactly what this verse actually says in the Greek. This verse says to take every thought captive. In other words, when you have a thought roll through your mind, you run to it. You don't run from it. You run to it and you examine it. You grab it by the collar and you examine it and you get in its face and you say, are you from God? Are you from the devil? When you have determined that that is not from God, then you call God and you say, listen here, this thought invaded my mind and I take it captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ. I am in Christ Jesus and therefore I am perfectly obedient at all times because God sees me as Christ and in him I live and move and have my being. We are the same. And so you take that thought captive and you say, you know what? Because I have absolutely nothing against myself, you have no right to be here. And you kick it out. And the way that you kick it out is with your mouth. The devil cannot read your thoughts, so he's not going to know whether you take a thought or don't unless you kick him out with your mouth. You command that thought to leave. You cast it down. You pull down that stronghold. You say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I do not receive that thought because it's not from God. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Gone. 
Okay? So that's the second thing. What's the first thing? The first thing is to take all of our anxieties to God. The second thing is to take every thought captive, right? Every thought captive. All right. The third thing is very, very important. And we're going to get to that, okay? This is before you get to depression. This is before you get to a heart sick. This is how you handle it so that it doesn't come to that. All right? Now, the next thing is you want to praise God. Why do you want to praise God? You want to praise God because in Psalms 8-2 and in Psalms 23-3, there are two different um, verses that really talk about God. One, Psalm 8-2 says, Out of the mouths of babes and suckling infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you might still the enemy and the avenger. Okay, that's Psalm 8-2. And this, this notion of stilling the enemy and the avenger that means, sorry, my fa hair is getting in my face. Um, that actually, the, the, the way that that's worded in the Hebrew, it means to slap shut the mouth of the enemy. It just doesn't mean to go like this. It means to slap it shut, like, you shut up right now. That's what it means when you praise God. That's what you're doing in the spirit world when you praise God. When you say, Father, I thank you and I praise you that you have taken this situation and you've handled it in Jesus' name. I don't have to worry about it immediately. You slap shut the mouth of the enemy from coming against your mind. Okay? Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool that God is so violent that he's not like, Oh, Mr. Devil, can you please be quiet now? Oh, no. God is not some kind of little weakling. Oh, no. No. When you praise God, he slaps shut the mouth of the enemy. I mean, he knocks that sucker shut. Okay? And that's what you want. And it's all in your mouth. It's all in your ability to praise God and your desire to praise God and your willingness to praise God and you're physically praising God. The second thing that praising God does is illuminated for us in Psalm 22.3. And it says, But you are holy, O God, that inhabit the praises of Israel. So, here's what happens. When you praise God, God physically comes into a situation. He is a tangible Force, an ever-present help in your time of need. He physically comes into your situation when you praise him. And so, why does he do this? One, so that he can come for your heart. And two, so that he can slap shut the mouth of the enemy. It's very hard to slap shut the mouth of somebody if you're not in the same room with them. So when you praise God, you bring him physically into the same room with you. And he slaps shut the mouth of the enemy. Isn't that great? That's wonderful. Alright, so those three things are what you do. When you are encountered with a situation that could get that could lead you to depression. In other words, when you're encountered with unbelief that makes you start to feel a feeling of fear. This is what you do. You give the anxiety to God by telling him what you want out of the situation and thanking him for taking it. Then you take every thought that is against what you've prayed for and you take it into captivity and you rebuke it and then you praise God. Excuse me. Then you praise God. Okay, those three things are essential for not getting depressed, for not being anxious, and for not getting heart sick. Okay, that's number those that's the first thing we're gonna talk about. But what do you do if you're already depressed, if you're already heart sick, excuse me, and if you're already anxious? Okay, this one, it's sort of the same, but it's not the same. Okay, the very first thing you're gonna do um, is you're going to acknowledge that you have fault in bringing about the depression and the heart sickness in your life. You are not a helpless victim upon whom this wretched disease just fell one day. 
okay? You're not a victim of somebody not talking to you or a victim of your finances or a victim of some health disorder. You are not a victim, period. That's it. You're not a victim. You are responsible because God has given you a rule book of standard operating procedure and it is your responsibility to know what is in that rule book and to know what to do with it. So you are not a victim. The devil brings this on you. You deal with it for five minutes and then you handle it, okay? I'll give you five minutes to revel in your sadness and then you need to grow up and move on. Take your thumb out of your mouth and deal with the fact that depression is in your ability to change. Anxiety is in your ability to change. It's all in your own mouth, all of it, okay? And so these are the tools that you're gonna need to get out of depression if you're in it and to stay out of it if you're not, okay? So the very first thing, if you're already depressed, if you're already anxious, and if your heart is already sick, is to admit that you have some fault in the active work of depression in your life. Second, you must humble yourself before God and admit it to Him. Just say, Lord, I know that you didn't create me to be depressed. I know that you didn't give me a spirit of fear. Sorry, excuse me, guys. I know that you didn't withhold this answer because you answer every prayer. So I thank you. Sorry, my phone is going to die. I thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. And I ask you for your forgiveness for my depression. Okay, so if you're already depressed, you need to recognize that you have fault. And then you need to humble yourself before the Lord and ask forgiveness. Okay, easy. And then you take the next three steps. You, you, go, you don't forget about the situation. You don't just let it go. You ask forgiveness for being depressed and letting it control you. And then you go to God and say, you know what, Lord? This is what I really want out of this situation. So now, instead of getting depressed, Lord, will your peace that you promised keep my heart and mind at peace through Christ Jesus? I'm expecting it, Lord. And if I have any anxiety, Father, I'm, I'm going to come back to you because that's what I'm expecting from you. And if you do that, mark my words. You will have so much peace that you your your joy will be overflowing. And people around you who know what you're going through will use your peace to grow. They will see your peace. They will see the manifestation of your prayer and they will get stronger and you will get stronger and the whole situation will glorify God. Do you understand? I hope that I'm making sense to you. Now, as I'm ministering this to you guys, I, I just have some, um, some impressions that I just want to share with you. There, there's such, there's such a dominant mindset that we are victims of everything, okay? We're victims because we're our political party isn't in office or is in office. We're victims because um, this new law is there or this person in our family died or this um, situation happened and took our money or whatever. We say that we're victims because our parents did this, because so-and-so did that, because we suffered this trauma, whatever, whatever. You are not a victim. That is the dominant theory. There's a lot to why that is, um, being perpetuated in our society today, not only in the United States, but throughout the world, but just largely in the United States. So the impression that I have that the Lord wants me to speak to right now for anybody who's going to watch this or who is watching it currently, I know that you told that you were told that it, it's not your fault. And an attack of the enemy is not your fault. An attack of the enemy is an attack of the enemy. But what is your fault is allowing yourself to remain victimized. Now, as I've said in other videos, I personally have been a victim of sexual abuse 
physical abuse, mental abuse, every kind of abuse that you can be abused with, I've been a victim of it, okay? And not only that, but I've had two very important family members die within two months of one another just like that. I have had to declare bankruptcy. I've had absolutely nothing to where I was going to hotel um, continental breakfasts that I didn't stay at just to steal the apples that they gave away and the muffins so that I could eat and so that I could feed my children. That's how bad my life was, okay? But God spoke to me through the mouth of a woman who had a husband who she killed. She had a husband that beat the snot out of her, documented. Now, this isn't a woman who just wanted to kill her husband and then got caught. This is a woman who was very, very mentally and physically abused, and there were documented cases of her husband beating her up and putting her in the hospital, and she wound up killing him, right? And she said this to me. Now, this woman is not a believer. Well, wasn't. She is now, but she wasn't at the time. She said to me the most brilliant thing, and I believe that this is straight from the heart of God because there is no wisdom against God, right? There's no wisdom that comes from anywhere save it comes from the mouth of God. She said, the first time that my husband hit me, I was a victim. The second time, I was a volunteer. Just let that sit with you a second. The first time something bad happens to you, okay, you're given permission to be a victim. The second time, you're a volunteer. Why? Because now you should be wiser. You should be smarter. Not only should you be wiser and smarter, you should know what to do so that you're not victimized. And we're speaking specifically of victimization on a person's life through the acts of the devil, which typically come through the acts of a human. Because we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but they manifest usually through flesh and blood. Okay? So when you're attacked by a situation or a person, then you know that the devil is attacking you either overtly, like, like on purpose coming at you, or covertly, simply because we're in a fallen world. Now you have the tools to do something about it. So don't be a volunteer for your own victimization. That's what I have to say to you. If you've suffered any kind of victimization, and every single person on the planet has been a victim of something because the devil is on the planet and we are in a fallen world. So I promise you've been a victim of something somewhere. I'm telling you that my impression that the Holy One has for me to speak to you today is your time of victimization is over. You are responsible for getting yourself out of depression. Long gone are the days where you can sit there and say, oh, this awful thing happened to me, and so this has affected my whole life and I cannot move on. No. Beloved, you can move on. God has given you everything you need to move on. And what's better than that, not better, but what will point that out to you, is that you have a desire to follow God's will for your life. You may not think you do, but you do, because every single person... Every person, whether they are a believer or not, seeks peace, seeks love, seeks acceptance, joy, prosperity, health. All of these things are sought by all humanity. And those are all the will of God. So the devil is trying to keep you from receiving what is rightfully yours by keeping you in a mindset that says that you are a victim. Well, beloved, you are not a victim. 
And in Jesus' name, I, I declare over you today that you will see this video and you will be renewed in your strength that God loves you and that you are no longer a victim and that you have dominion over every situation and over every circumstance in your life. Remember, if your heart is pounding fast, um, it might be because you're not saved. So please hit me up on Messenger or on Facebook. Um, get a hold of me and I can walk you through salvation. Also, if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, get a hold of me if you're interested in being baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not necessary for salvation, but a really cool gift that you want to take advantage of with the Lord. Um, remember that our ministry is Water, Wind, Mind, Water, Wind, Wine Ministries. We can be found on YouTube. I'll put a link in a post um, shortly. Um, not only that, but uh, we are accepting tithes and offerings now. We're able to do that. Um, like I said, we do go into the prisons and we do minister to them and prisoners cannot give tithes and offerings. So we do need your um, financial support to be able to do that. If you feel led to do that, that's fine. If not, if you want to watch everything I ever say and ever put out and use it for yourself and never, ever, ever give any offerings or tithes, no problem. No problem at all. I love you anyway, and you're welcome, and you're blessed anyway, because God loves you, all right? And that's all you need to know. All right, you guys have a blessed day, and, uh, and I love you. Bye-bye.